Hey you guys, it's your girl Kilowatt. I'm on my way home. I uh, just ran 7202 on the eve of Thanksgiving. I'll probably make this a two-part and just post it as Kilowatt's Thanksgiving special. <laughs> because God knows I have to be corny as fuck. Um, I'm slowly bouncing with the blows of life and learning to swim through tide. Uh, is it tide or a tsunami? (laughs) I think there just comes a point in time where you just get real fucking numb to like the things that hurt, you know, because the only option is to keep going and you can't really fucking give up. And I'm able to compartmentalize and continue on through my day. And my passengers remind me why I do what I do because I just love to, I just like to uplift people that don't have much to fucking smile about. Okay. I know that's corny as fuck. And everybody always assumes or accuses me of being a fucking goody two shoes or some fucking God complex or holier than thou type bullshit. And that's not the case. Um, I actually had a woman that was a victim of, uh, some abuse that it was human trafficking. Her dad trafficked her out. Okay. And on my Reddit post, she was fucking pissed. And she was like, quit calling those people, you know, being human trafficked, uh, people that are stuck in drugs or had like some type of illusion of choice. And I was trying to explain to her that it's incredibly easy to be fucking groomed when you're a young kid and you don't have any fucking family. Um, and she basically told me to fuck off and enjoy trying to be the goody two shoes of Portland, which was fucking super cool. Um, that was really nice. Little did she know my kid tried to fucking kill himself Monday by jumping out a fucking window. Um, and he's spending Thanksgiving in a group home. So I'm not really dealing with a full fucking pot of flowers over here, like, or bouquet of flowers. I got like some raggedy ass weeds and (laughs) my marriage is failing and I'm trying to find the good in everything that I experience because that's what keeps me fucking going. And I like to spin the perspective in a kind of like a, a grateful based nature, if that's how I would say it or put it. Um, yes, getting old does suck, but if you get to get old, that means you made it like it does fucking suck. You're right. And I need to start taking better care of myself because I can see throughout the course of time that this would be a a really bad path to be on if I were to have a sedentary job such as bus driving where I sit constantly and increasing my 20% more risk of getting cancer uh, with a sedentary job or sitting most of the time. Um, I think that the life expectancy of bus drivers is fucking five years after we retire. And that's like a thing. That's an actual study that's been proven if you make it to retirement, because a lot of people don't, uh, Dan Wilson used to run the 152 in the 70, uh, had a partner and son wanted to move down to South America, like cool fucking guy. And, and he passed away on line 70 at Sunderland correctional facility with another operator by his side, waiting for an ambulance to arrive. Which is strange because you would assume that if it were a medical emergency, they would have a fucking hospital staff right there and they could, they could save him. But 
it wasn't at the, the discretion of the hospital staff to sh- like show up. I'm sure it was something legal. But anyway, um, I know that they have medical care at that fucking correctional facility. So it's astounding to me that that 911 couldn't call the nearest local facility and get him treated quickly. I'm sorry. I'm a little bitter about that. It just seems like it's like dying in front of a fucking hospital because you're waiting for an ambulance. <laughs> um, anyway, back to my fucking cheery side note. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. And I had a little bit of a break this morning where I just cried because it's hard to know that your child is in like a group home for troubled teens because you couldn't keep him under wraps and you couldn't stop him and he doesn't see where you're coming from and he's probably going to hate you for a long fucking time if he ever forgives you you know like this is some intense shit and so I hadn't updated my mom so I called her and in the conversation with my mother I learned that my uncle had died years ago (laughs) and I knew she said that he never really answered her phone calls um so I just as much assumed they just fell apart, but that doesn't mean I don't care if he fucking died. It's the same as my grandfather. It, it sucks when your family is so broken that people can actually die and nobody tells you. And it's pretty significant, uh, because it's happened more than once to me. So I must give off this. I don't fucking care air or like Aurora or whatever feeling vibe. And that's simply not true. It's not true. I do care. I care a lot. I just don't know how to show it sometimes. And I cry in the shower if I'm sad or on the phone making a podcast with you guys. Like, I don't like to cry in front of people because that's, it just feels like, I just don't want to make them feel helpless and I know what it's like to feel helpless and I just don't like that feeling of making another human feel like there's nothing they can do because truthfully nobody can help me in this situation the only the only thing we can do in this is just hope and pray that my fucking kid gets better and continue to push forward with the staff for proper diagnosis if the, if he needs to be diagnosed with something uh, medication if he needs that therapy treatment you know, encouragement, motivation, whatever I can do. Right. And there's not much anybody can do about my marriage ending. Like they can't stop it. We've tried to stop it. You know, like there's so much and it's just gotten to the point where we just want to be good parents and we still love each other. But right now it just has to be like over for now. And if we get back together in the future, I fucking hope so. That would be amazing. But right now our focus is on our children and getting through this 2020 bullshit because for the first half of the year, Brent wasn't working. Um, And then the last half of the year, I got evacuated and missed out on a fuck ton of pay. Um, And I'm still trying to catch up and it's just going to be what it is for now because there's nothing anyone can do and I'm not going to ask for anyone to try and do anything. So I just keep it to myself. And I found that I pull in quite a bit when I'm going through stuff like this. The only outlet I ever really have is fucking Facebook, which I just got banned. So it's like the universe is slapping me in the face and telling me to deal with my shit. 
And it was only like, what, one day of being banned. I think I have two more to go. Uh, that, that I realized how much I used it as a means to connect and feel a sense of, you know, community and friendship and a, and a way to, to communicate how I feel and what I think. And I use this as well, but without the platform to share it on, it feels kind of pointless, you know? Um, but that's just, it it is what it is. You know, I, I didn't have any self-control and I was like, I think the straw on the camel back type situation or camel's back was finding out that we were getting new uniforms. And I think the last podcast I went off on a fucking tangent and it is, it's true. I was kind of being an ungrateful bitch. Okay. I get it. We're in the middle of a pandemic. I make good money. All the shit I have going on in my life, I should at least be grateful. But that doesn't mean that my emotions about, you know, feeling uncomfortable in a new outfit that I think is fucking hideous and being resentful of the fact that it's probably based more around financial benefit of the company I work for. Uh, it doesn't make those feelings invalid. It just because I'm lucky doesn't mean I don't feel that way. And I have every right to talk about how I feel. It's my fucking podcast. It's my platform. And that's why I started it. If you're curious enough to hang out and you feel like fucking listening because you're doing some, you know, monotonous tasks that you need to pass the time and want to entertain yourself, have a glimpse into my fucking life. Welcome. And in, in the process, I'll share with you stories that I find on my bus and I'll try and improve your perspective on life and give you a different outlook. I do that when I listen to podcasts and I try to keep myself grounded when I feel like I'm floundering in a fucking ocean of sad So if you find any kind of refuge or feel like, you know, connected to me in a certain way, I'm, I'm happy that you do. And I'm grateful for your, your friendship. So I hope that tomorrow you get a chance to spend time with family. If you're not working, I know a majority of my passengers are working. A lot of people choose not to celebrate because of the genocide that happened with the natives. I've, I've kind of grown past that and I, I just choose to educate people on, you know, the discrimination that my own personal relatives went through as Native American people in our country. And yeah, it's been fucking recent. It's still recent. It's it's difficult to explain subtle racism <laughs> or mindsets. Like I was listening to Dispatch um, talk about, it was like yesterday, I think I mentioned that a, a gal on the bus was, um, potentially overdosing on heroin. And I suggested to the, the operator, um, to kind of keep her in clear view and make sure she's upright and she's not seizing or anything. Um, and to emphasize that she's like probably ODing. He said he already called dispatch and I listened to the radio. Um, but after being the person who was there, and suggesting that he stay off the bus because she wasn't wearing a mask. Um, and to, you know, protect himself in that way, but also keep her in view. I listened to the dispatch and him let her fall through the cracks. I, I realized that this girl is a young native girl um, who's clearly going through something with addiction. And she's obviously doing some stuff that's fucking her, fucking her up big time. But 
I listened to dispatch say, you know, oh, is she just sleeping? And the pa- the operator was relatively new. His name's Philip. Uh, he says, well, she's just, it's obvious she's on something. And when I listened to dispatch relay the message to road supervisor, it sounded like he wasn't that concerned because Philip didn't really explain that she was likely ODing. I've seen it before. I know what it looks like. I was like, dude, you told her that she's like, we need like a medic, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful that she made it. Like we know she made it because I saw her the next day on my bus, but it's just that easy. And I listened to dispatch, you know, he, he described her as a, a mixed race woman because he's not familiar with, you know, I'm native. So I can see another native person be like, Oh, obviously you're native. Um, but he described her as like a mixed race. Right. And of course, immediately because of the location, it was interstate and Killingsworth. Uh, the guy, the dispatch says, Oh, uh, he's describing it to the road soup. Who's coming out to check on her. They didn't call for medic. They called for road supervisor. Then they were going to call for medic after the road supervisor got there to determine if they needed medical, which is a horrible idea. Cause it was very obvious. She was not doing okay. And, um, I mean, maybe I was over, you know, reacting, but I just, I'm not going to fucking risk someone dying on my bus. And so he, the dispatcher is explaining to the road soup who's assigned to the call and he says, okay, we got a young black chick, uh, at anchor and channel, you know, sleeping. And that wasn't really what was relayed, but it just sort of was such a weak message that it didn't seem to get itself out there. And they let her go. And I just think to myself, how many times does that happen? Where, you know, you may not think it's the case, but just because Native people had a history of uh, substance abuse issues does not mean that their lives are not worth saving. And I just felt like it was so, like, handled poorly. And I, and I felt bad for her. So, I don't know. I, I tend to educate people on the fact that my... A majority of my aunts and uncles were in foster care. Uh, the big play back in the day was putting kids in foster care to kill the culture and, and the language. Uh, once they made boarding schools illegal, which my fucking sister's mom was in one of the schools. So, I mean, it's it's not that long ago. It's still the same generation. And uh, we can't be celebrating Christopher Columbus Day. We got to talk about what happened to the people. But I'm not going to miss an opportunity to spend time with my family and give thanks and, and show gratitude. So I'm going to go ahead and go inside because Braylon's ready for me to come in. But I just wanted to, to drop a note. I'm going to finish this up tomorrow, probably throughout the day. Cause I'm assuming it's going to be real fucking slow. I'm running a 33. I'll be running 3311 tomorrow. So if you guys want to listen in, you're welcome to, I love you and I'll talk to you soon. Good morning. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> I'm on my way to my road relief in Milwaukee right now. I always take the back end of the expressway because it makes me feel like it's a fucking autobahn and I can go 85 miles an hour. I'm just kidding. Um, or am I? <laughs> I woke up today in better spirits. I'm not going to be with people that I love. Um, but I'm going to be doing what I love for people I care about. Um, 
I probably do love them even if they don't, I don't know them. <laughs> I just want, I just want to be able to make this fucking day better for somebody because my shit's on fire and it's, it feels good to lift the weight of, of sad off another person's shoulders when you're feeling like shit. So I am, um, I did my hair all fabulous and one of my, oh, hello, police officer. How are you? I wasn't on the phone. I would never do that. Oh my God. Who is on their phone in Oregon? Not me. I don't do that. <laughs> I totally did that. Just like, why am I such a cocky bitch when I drive? Like there's no cops around or like they're not checking for shit. Of course they are. That's what they fucking do. Anyway, um, where was I? Oh, one of my passengers on the 72 gave me, she works down at the, um, shipping yards off, uh, like anchor and channel. And she gave me, uh, she called it, I think it's a a bendy, a bendy. It's like one of those cool things that, um, I think it's, I think women in India wear them and it's supposed to indicate like a highly spiritual woman. And she gave it to me and she's like, I think you're gonna, you're gonna love this. You should totally rock this. And I was like, oh, I'll just wait for like a special day to do it. And I think today's the motherfucking day, even though I'm not like, uh, highly wise individual. I do a lot of shoot stupid shit. Um, I usually walk right into the trap that uh, Marty McFly did <laughs> when people would call him a chicken and then he went and did some dumb shit that got him in trouble. Uh, I, I fucking walk right into that every time. My anger is like unkempt. I like to hulk out sometimes. And so when you poke the bear, you're going to get fucking ravaged. Like I will fuck you up. And so <laughs> I've been pulled into HR numerous times. So if I get pulled into HR again, uh, because of this recent internet fight, I took screenshots of the vindictive bitch that was trying to say, I'm going to get you fired. And for, for what bitch? For what? I never said shit to you. All I did was go on a fucking vent and I edited my post because I realized it was not wise. And ultimately I deleted it. So fuck off. Anyway, uh, I love how people want to censor me. I think it's interesting because it's not a private, it's not like a private experience, uh, in my life. I'm pretty fucking open. And so it's, if you don't learn that within the first 10 minutes of meeting me, uh, I would like to check your IQ because it's fucking obvious. Even if, even if you got other shit going on. Um, so anyway, I've been censored numerous times in my day and there's nothing more infuriating not being able to send my message to the masses. <laughs> oh my God. I'm fucking crazy. I, I don't know how the fuck I made it here in 15 minutes. I don't think I was driving that fast. I was probably driving that fast. It's cool. We're not going to focus on that. Um, I have just enough time to go grab a rock star. I'll probably interview some people, uh, today on my layover. Of course I'll be muffled cause I have to wear a fucking mask. Unless I'm drinking something and eating. So if I pick up some fucking snacks, I can interview while I do that. Anyways, it's your girl, Kilowatt. I'll talk to you uh, probably on my second layover. Uh, Yeah, I never have time at the town center when I pick it up. All right, I'll talk to you later. I love you. Bye. 
Hey guys, it's Kilowatt. I'm on top of Clackamas Town Center right now looking down at the empty, barren wasteland that is the parking lot. Uh, <laughs> I thought I was going to be able to interview some people today, but I've been fucking empty all day. I think I had like three people and they were all trying to get somewhere, so I didn't fucking bother. Uh, and then on my layover, I just decided to make TikToks instead. So I'm basically failing miserably. But I did have a chance to meet a passenger. Can't fucking remember his name because I suck. Um, But he told me that his kids are in Mexico and his wife that came up with him um, ended up marrying someone else. Um, So he's a bachelor here working to make money before he goes back. And I, I said, oh, I'm sorry, you know, that... You probably miss your kids. He said, yeah, but they're like in their late 20s. Like, they're okay. They're making lives of their own right now. And then he told me that the room that he stays in, he doesn't even have uh, running water. So count your blessings. Things could always be worse. (laughs) Oh, I'm so fucking tempted to walk over to Chick-fil-A. I hope they're fucking open. They got delicious cookies. Isn't this an exciting Thanksgiving? (laughs) Are you so excited that you decided to hang out with me? I hope you guys are eating all the fucking food. Whether or not you're vegan or carnivore, whatever it is that you feel, whatever floats your boat. I hope you're eating all those things. Or at the very least, just doing something nice for your body that makes you feel loved and well-kempt. I am taking in all the pretty sights. I like to watch clouds. I'm fucking weird, I know. But I like to watch clouds. And so when I come up to the Clackamas Town Center roof, I get a full scope of Happy Valley clouds, which I don't know if it's because it looks over the river, what it is. These fucking clouds are crisp as always. And they always have cool shapes. And I just like staring at them. It's just me and the clouds today, you guys. (laughs) Ah, I'm so lame. All right, I'll probably hit it, hit you up later. This is kind of a stupid episode, so just stay tuned for more action. <laughs> okay, love you, bye. Hey, guys, it's Kilowatt. I'm finally done with my shift, and I'm driving back home. Uh, initially, I had planned to interview one of my favorite coworkers, Bob. And, um, I kept seeing like things that reminded me of Jake and I just felt like I couldn't, I was, I wasn't going to call him because part of me really wanted it to sink in that, that he fucked up, you know, like here fucking group home Thanksgiving, dude, tough love. This is happening, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't fucking do it. So I called him and I spoke with the coordinator there, Krista, And it was, you know, Bob was coming in about 10 minutes. I figured I'd just make it real fast because he didn't, he doesn't ever seem to want to talk to me. And half the time he hangs up on me and, um, tries to convince me to take him home and all this. And so I, it just not, not like a thing I felt like doing, you know, but I did it because I love him and I wanted him to know that I do love him. I didn't want him to feel like he was completely alone on Thanksgiving and that I was, I still was thinking of him. And so 
when I spoke with Krista, she informed me, she said, oh, it's really great timing. I said, what do you mean? <laughs> okay. And she said, well, Jake just tried to cut him his wrists. Um, so we put him on suicide watch and it's superficial wounds. So we don't think it's serious. Um, the way he went about it was more of a means to get to a hospital and perhaps escape from there. So it's a really structured like facility. Um, and they deal with kids that are constantly trying to get away when they first get there. So it's just, this woman is fucking amazing. And I spoke with her a little bit. Uh, then she let me speak with Jake and I talked with him and he basically said, I, I, at first I was mad, you know, like any fucking parent would be like, you don't want your kid to hurt themselves. You're scared. And it's just always, you know, it's constant. And I just said, look, dude, like I can't sleep. Like, why do you do this? Like what, what is going on? You know, like, please tell me why you decided that that was the move. And he said, um, what's the point? Nobody wants me. And I said, that's not true. You know that I want you. I've been fighting for you for three years. And this is the last Hail Mary effort. Like you're going to have to do this. Like you have to get through the program. You have to do this for yourself, please. You know, and it just was like a, my words just fell on deaf ears. And so eventually he hung up on me and I I got off the phone and then Bob came up and he was like, yo, what happened? I thought we were supposed to do the podcast. And I was like, no, this happened with my kid. I hadn't been able to talk to him in a long time. And so he informed me that he had just spent two weeks down in Nevada with his daughter uh, because they put her in a a mental institution um, because she had a really bad episode with uh, Xanax and a lack of sleep. And like drug and alcohol issues down in Nevada. And so he says, you know, like I can relate and this and that. And so it felt a little better knowing that I wasn't like fucking alone and trying to shove all the feelings and confusion down and then working and going in circles all day, just driving myself insane with the thoughts rolling through my head. And so then um, throughout the last part of my shift, And throughout the entire shift, actually, there was, at the very beginning, there was a gentleman that had, um, he defecated his pants, okay? Like, there was something on the front end of his pants, and it was clear it was biohazard. We cannot board biohazards because of the fact that it's a fucking biohazard, and it's a threat to the safety of the public. And so we cannot board them at all. We can tell them, look, if you can find a way to get clean, and then, you know we'll board you after you handle this, but we cannot have you on the bus with that happening right now. And so initially I tried to stop him, uh, to give him some leggings that a passenger had given me. And like, I mean, they're girl leggings. They're like, they probably would fit like a 22 year old, but at the very least he could put them on. Um, and then like put his jacket over his legs or something so that at least he could get through. Cause he's in a wheelchair on Thanksgiving And they had to deny him boarding uh, at like fucking 12. And I saw him wheeling down from Bell Avenue all the way down to Linwood on King Road, which is about three blocks, three big blocks. Mind you, he's an older dude in a fucking wheelchair. 
and it's Thanksgiving and it's fucking freezing out and he's by himself and nobody can give him a ride or help him to get clean. So I felt for him. So when my passenger gave me the leggings, I immediately thought of him and I said, okay, if I see him, I'm going to give him these leggings and he can, you know, change and bag up his pants. So at least he can wash them later and it won't be a biohazard. So then at least we can take him somewhere he needs to go. And then I saw him get boarded at Linwood across the street when I went to go deliver the leggings and I saw that he was boarding. So I, I realized, oh, maybe they handled the biohazard. Uh, maybe he got cleaned up and it's good to go. So I, I threw the leggings on the bench because I'd already walked there and maybe someone else can use them. And then I turned around and I marched back to my bus and I went back to the town center, last circle. Mind you, that's right when I found out Jake tried to kill himself tonight and talked to the coordinator and it was just kind of shit. Like it was an awful moment. So on my way back in on my final round up to the college, I saw a message come over the, the CAD, which is our, like our digital screens. Um, and dispatch will send us text messages throughout the day to let us know if there's anything we should be mindful of, you know, bus bridges, threatening passengers, police activity, reroutes, stuff like that. I mean, they even utilize it to see if we want to work our RDO. And I saw a message come in on the CAD that said, uh, please, we are not able to board biohazards. Do not board him at the college. So my guess is the operator that picked him up at Linwood didn't realize he was a biohazard. So that's probably two buses that they had to cancel because he'd gotten stuff on the bus. Um, and so as I'm ending my shift, I realize there's this guy in a wheelchair at Clackamas Town Center on Thanksgiving who's been trying to get somewhere all fucking day hoping that a driver will take him somewhere boarding the buses, getting kicked off and having to fucking like the, he's not fully functional in this chair. It's a manual chair. So he's just like baby stepping it everywhere he goes with his ankles and shuffling. Like I just fucking felt for him. So after work, I grabbed some gloves. I got a bunch of hot packs and I made the commitment in my mind that I would find this guy and get him you know, cleaned up and give him the leggings and, you know, get him a taxi or something somewhere. So as my final round, I, I deadheaded back to the garage, got my car, zipped out to grab some gas, got the gloves, hot, you know, the hot hand warmer packets and, and just went on a little mission to find him because my fucking kid hates me. It's Thanksgiving. I can't make anything right, but maybe I can get this fucking dude who's been stranded all fucking day somewhere he needs to go. And in that, in that, in that move, I didn't end up finding him. Like I went all the way to the college. I did the whole first half of the 33 going down the hillside. I even went to the father's heart trying to find them. I'm guessing that someone just Either he went off into the darkness and fucking fell asleep in a bush or something, or somebody had a, a good heart and took him somewhere. And so that's my hope is that he got a ride eventually and was cleaned up. But I just kept thinking about all the homeless passengers that I have. And I thought about Ted Wheeler cleaning out. You know, he swept 100 people out of the Laurelhurst Park a week before Thanksgiving 
and said, oh, they have plenty of room in the shelters to social distance. They don't need to be, you know, clogging up the works at the park. This is a residential neighborhood and they're damaging, you know, property and garbage and blah, blah, blah. So he didn't really address the problem. He just shoot him away. And then he said, oh, we have a perfectly good working structure, which mind you, they do not. Okay. The shelters get full. They don't have enough room. There's not enough help for these people. And half of them have mental health issues. There's not enough help out here. And I'm seeing it play out all fucking day. And I just, I just imagine like my fucking kid when he's in his thirties, just in the same predicament. And I just, I can't, I can't fucking do it. I think that's one of the reasons why I have such a soft spot for them. So I'm going to go in, I guess Brent grabbed me a plate and I'm going to eat and just tell him about the day and I'm sure I'll, I'm going to finish this up. I have a few more notes to make and probably end on a lighter note after I get, get a better mindset. Oh, Hey, it's your girl Kilowatt. I'm back. (laughs) I try to make it seamless. Is it working? Probably not. Um, if you hear rattling, it's my water can. Um, I'm doing a face mask. I actually went to bed, woke back up. I have a tendency to do that during Scorpio season transitioning to Sag. Like there's something about the energy moving into where all my life energy is that I respond. And so I just, I usually don't sleep. It hasn't been easy to sleep anyway, but... Um, I generally have more energy around this time of year. And so I'm just like wired. Like I usually wake up and I'm thriving at fucking 730. Which is great because this is the time of year to get shit done. But not so much for like your body's sleep. Um, So. Welcome to the morning sounds of Beaver Creek. Excuse me while I light this cigarette. It's just about twilight and frost is set. I'd have to ice my windshield if I went to work today. I'm grateful that I don't because it's probably the first day in 11 days that I haven't worked. I'm fucking exhausted. Or however it went. Like I had one day off. And then I worked another five days. So six plus minus one plus five. Whatever. I don't know. It's just. I figured I might as well get in the groove of working a fuck ton. Because I'm going to have to pay back. All the money that it cost. For this weird eviction thing that's going to happen. Once January hits. And I don't want my sister to have to answer to that. And I'm hoping that everything will be understood in January because of the fact that there were so many people out of work. And if for some reason they hold it against you, that seems so fucking odd. Um, but anyway, nonetheless, I've been working a lot because I have goals and I can't figure out how to push this divorce through to get my fucking 401k. And I'm waiting for a call back from our union We use like a certain attorney group. I don't know. I called the number and I left a message and it takes a while for them to call back. And I just said, look, I need an hour's worth of consultation on how to expedite 
the divorce so I can get access to my 401k. He cashed out his, and if we don't finalize the divorce before the end of this year, I'll be responsible for the taxes on his 401k, which I never saw a percentage of, so that sort of feels unfair. Why should I pay the taxes on the money I never got to see? Um, simply because my name's tied to it. So if that's the case, then it just has to be what it is. And I guess we'll just play that fucking game because God knows I know what it's like to not understand the rules and then have to pay for it. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm in a little bit of a better mindset after I talk to Brent and my niece, who unexpectedly is a night owl. <laughs> oh, I love her. My sister Lainey has a little girl named Skylar, and she's my heart. She's so sweet, and um, I swear to God, we have parallel lives. Like, Lainey and I have, it's just the same as with Troy and Grace. Like, there's weird parallels, and it's so strange. I know that there's a link, and I know that there's a pattern, and I'm sure you could find it and link it to astrology, but just as a person who's living her life and doesn't want to focus on all the patterns 24-7. I recognize that there is a link and there's something there. And with my big sister and I, our life choices, everything that we do, even though we're on different paths, have a tendency to overlap and mimic each other. And it's fucking cool. And the cool part is we produce these two beautiful little girls who are going to be brilliant, like Skylar, brilliant, Braylon, brilliant. Like they're going to do just fine. And our sons are going to be even better. Like it's just, they have troubles at first and then they blossom and that's the goal. I try not to make every topic about Jake, but it's hard because he's like my kid and everything sucks for him right now. And of course we're mentioning Lainey's son, my son, there's a tendency to sort of go back to your own circle. And so here I am again. Um, the sun is rising on Beaver Creek at Beeson Road, Upper Island. I'm sure you could hear the morning sounds. And this is like... One of the main reasons why when my sister took me to Table Rock and we went hiking, it was a reminder of why I used to wake up at 3 a.m. and go running. Because there's something so beautiful about the first sound that's the the energy that propels you to make noise. That's your life. You're getting it. You're right there. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you are. You're going to make a fucking sound. And it's great. Like, I love that. It's so cool. Um, and that could be the creaking of trees, the rising of mist. It could be, you know, the sawing of the sawdust beneath your feet on a hike. It's beautiful. The traffic, everything. The birds, the wolves, the coyotes, the foxes, the fucking cougars. All of them make sounds in the morning. There's like a special place in the middle between night and day that is twilight that brings everyone together because it doesn't matter if you're a night owl 
or a morning bird. And that tiny dim light that's purple, pink, and blue, everybody's there that's in the middle. And I'm always in the middle, so I feel more at home in the twilight. (laughs) That sounds so corny, but that's just how my life has been. And so I'll stop rambling on my little poetic thing, whatever it was that I was just doing, and I'll go back to it. I was thinking about Thanksgiving. Brent's on his way right now to go get, he's trying to go get a Barbie house at Walmart for Braylon. And after I talked to Krista, I felt a lot better about where Jake was mentally knowing that he was being taken care of, knowing that he was being properly fed and that he was surrounded in a home of people that wanted what was best for him because I really, truly didn't understand anything until I talked to her. And I think I was avoiding it because I was mostly afraid if it wasn't how I thought it would be, I would just fucking get him and bring him back. And then I had no answers because in Oregon, you can't put your kid in a treatment program without their consent after 14. I mean, they can fudge whatever interview they need, It's just them and the interviewer. And if they're smart enough, which he is, they could just throw the interview and then end up back home. And even the police told me there's nothing we could do but bring him back to you. And understanding that my child may or may not hate me because he's putting himself in this mindset that I don't want him, which is fucking strange because ever since I found out I was pregnant, I've wanted him. I fought to not get an abortion. I got thrown out of my house. I married someone who didn't really want to marry me, but married me anyway. We moved across the country. I've always wanted this child. I want him. I will always want him. So to hear him say that he doesn't think anybody wants him is fucking awful. That's why I called, because for some reason, I just knew that he wasn't okay. I mean, regardless if the cuts were superficial or not, you're not okay. You're asking for help. You want people to see you. You want people to pay attention. It's a cry. The fact that my child felt the need to hurt himself to get my attention hurts a lot. Because it wasn't so much that, it was just that I was... I'm just confused. Like, I don't know how to deal with this. Like, I don't know what the right move is. I've never done this before. I've never had this in my life before. Um, I'm sort of winging it. Fuck that hurt. I just stepped on a metal. Ouch. God, why is that in the middle of the walkway? Remind me to move that later, which I may remind myself after I listen to this before I post it. Just a sec. I'm just getting myself situated. I have to go wash off my face mask. So you're coming with me for that. (laughs) Welcome. Oh, that's a marble. Braylon is such a type A personality. And um, I love her for that because it's so different for me. And I like that she's different from me because it shows me that she can be so much like me and so different in so many ways, just like my sister Grace. Her and Grace are so much alike that it cracks me up. Like Skylar and I are very much alike. 
Grace and Braylon are so much alike, and I just... It's a cute pattern. Anyway, um, I'm going to pause this for a moment, and I'll be right back. I guess it's going to be like a six-part doodad. So, yeah, welcome to the fun. Oh, good afternoon. It's your girl, Kilowatt. This has been a fucking Thanksgiving Black Friday extravaganza. I think I just took you into two days of my life and you got to just like hang out. Um, (laughs) You got my early ass morning poetic self. You got my bleeding heart, you know, fucking... I don't know what you call them. The people that go into war and like pull people... Missionary. (laughs) Uh, Bleeding heart missionary at night where I attempt to help people at night. Like somehow I think I'm like fucking Superman in the evening or I am Sherlock Holmes and I shall find the one person like I have done that multiple times I think one time there was a gal and I might have talked about it on the podcast um there was a gal that one of the operators mentioned was likely um having mental issues but she seemed really young and he was concerned about her safety and so he came up to me and he's like, Oh, I hear you help people. And I was like, yeah, every, we can all do that. (laughs) And he was like, yeah, like I I just couldn't shake this feeling of this gal. Something was off and blah, blah, blah. And she looked really young. And I was like, did you ask her how old she was? Has she had anybody? He was like, no, I, I just didn't think about it till after. And I was like, well, then that's a lost chance, you know? Um, and so that's just that I have like many different little personas that I take on depending on the time of day. And I'm, I guess I'm illustrating all of them to you. I get a little bit more fun towards the afternoon after I've woken up and had some fucking food. Um, Oh God. I think I miscommunicated my intentions for today or at least over overestimated the level of energy I would have after working such a long stretch and I ended up over promising I think to my mom my best friend about doing stuff today like I'm still gonna go get Christmas things and I'll probably still make soup but there's no fucking way I'm making a goddamn turkey and I don't want people there all night like I can't I can't dude like I got nothing I'm so pooped like (laughs) As Brent would say, I'm dead dog tired, which to me is such a weird fucking way to say shit. Like, of course a dead dog is tired. He's fucking dead. Like, what do you want? That's rude. Like, let's talk about something more depressing. Dead puppies, really? Um, (laughs) Anyway, uh, I'm on a mission to go find some new work boots because mine are broken and I need to go get them. So I'm going into Goodwill really fast to see if I can get anything. Um, but I wanted to finish up this whole Thanksgiving extravaganza because God damn it, it's been so long. Uh, so last leg, last part, part six. I just want to talk about Thanksgiving and what it meant for me growing up. And kind of like a vibe I picked up on when people are mildly depressed when they're not surrounded by a ton of family and they have to work or they're alone. Um, even if their circumstances prior to the holiday 
are, are significantly improved, there's a, there's an air of, um, melancholy that sweeps over like a, like a tiny bit of a pity party. And I don't, I'm not really sure why we do it or I am completely sure. Yes, I am completely sure why we do it. And it has a lot to do with being programmed to, to behave a certain way on certain days. And that should be a very large indication of mind control. <laughs> it's, it's subtle, right? I mean, they have all these movies, they pumped up the holiday, they covered up mass genocide of the natives. They managed to get us to buy a lot of shit. Black Friday became a thing. I mean, it's actually quite genius, but I just remember, you know, as a kid, my mother and I would end up going to the movies um, if they were open. If they weren't open, um, sometimes we would go to Sherry's and catch up, you know, grab a burger. Like, it was pretty mild. Like, we didn't have these, you know, grandiose traditional Thanksgiving dinners. And I say traditional, uh, like, a little bit, like, I begrudgingly say it because who the fuck is to say traditional, right? Every fucking family has been different since the age of dawn. Like you can't honestly tell me that every fucking caveman. And ca- no, seriously, this is the last part. I swear to God. Oh fuck, man. I hate technology. I hate it with the fire of a thousand suns, but most of all, I hate my car USB auxiliary cord <laughs> because it fucking screws up my podcast. The number of podcasts that I've actually delivered would astound you. Like you'd be totally mind blown. Um, and then they're sabotaged by my fucking cord wiggling and then disconnecting from my phone and then, you know, pausing the podcast without notifying me. So I'll just keep yammering on. And when I'm finally done, I like stop and listen to it. And that shit's fucking half, like cut in half. Anyway, um, back to the concept of what traditional is. You can't fucking tell me that cavemen, all fucking cavemen families did the same shit. That they were all comprised of the same components of a a mom, a dad, and a baby. Like, that's not, that's not probably accurate. There are probably a lot of families, a, a lot of different types of families, much like there are today. And I don't think that it should be stereotyped that a normal or traditional family holiday or a normal traditional, um way of life is, you know, A, B, and C, because we're not fucking cookie cutters. We're humans. And I would like to invite you to open your mind and accept that you don't have to have a turkey or tofurkey or fucking (laughs) cranberry sauce on Thanksgiving. You could have fucking Mexican food and you don't even have to celebrate it in, in the quote unquote traditional way, because that's a lie. It's a fucking lie and it's programmed to make you feel like you're not enough or it's, it doesn't meet the measure of standard. You know, I don't think that me having a a delicious burger and watching a movie with my mom is a bad day by any means. But as a kid, I fucking thought it was as a kid, I was depressed. I was so desperate to get to that fucking level of life. You know, that, that standard that that actually, um, truthfully is kind of mediocre. I mean, you could only have cheese potatoes every fucking holiday before you sort of want like something else. Maybe like try some different type of fucking cheese. Why is it always got to be sharp cheddar? Like 
what's up with the green beans? And no, I mean, the one thing we can all agree on, Thanksgiving food is fucking bomb as shit. So I take that back. But <laughs> it's not to, I'm just tired of seeing my, you know, my coworkers, myself feeling down on in the dumps because I didn't do something like a certain way. Uh, I didn't spend it with my family. I didn't have family to spend it with. I just don't like that suicide rates are triple during the holidays. I don't, I don't prefer children feeling like they have a mediocre life if they don't have six fucking people surrounding them at a goddamn proper ass dining room table and a turkey. Like, you know, it's nice to have that. Yes, I do agree. It's never been a bad thing, but it's not, it's not required to be happy. And I've picked up my passengers, um, and I could sense that the, that sad melancholy feeling, um, if they were, you know, they only had $12 for food that day and they felt this intense pressure to go find a fucking turkey, even though it was fucking 1 PM and the turkey would be frozen. And I mean, it didn't make sense to me. Like they were forcing this weird idea of what a traditional holiday was supposed to feel like. And I just want to, I want to put the kibosh on that. Like, I'd like to stop it, knock that shit off you guys. If you're even lucky to be, you know, alive and healthy and have fucking a not shitty day, that's a good day. I mean, you don't have to be super sad if you don't have family on Thanksgiving. It's just, it's a really sad reminder of when we get into that mindset and then we don't appreciate the things that we do have. What if all we have is a, is a loving dog? What if all we have is, you know an old, like an old grandmother that we care for, you know, why does that have to be a negative? Why can't we be grateful that they're alive and that they're in our lives? I mean, that's the point, right? That's the whole purpose of Thanksgiving. I mean, that's the purpose I've embraced. Um, if this motherfucker doesn't get off my ass, I'm a break check his ass. And if he hits me, I'm a claim a fat insurance check. I'm a fucking, my mat, my neck hurts. You broke my back. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I get all ghetto fab when I want to. <laughs> Jesus, dude. It's a holidays. Cheer the fuck up. <laughs> God. Some people, I swear there's like some type of energy in me that just makes people want to challenge me all the time. And it's exhausting. Like, bitch, back up. Back up. Oh my. Break check. Break check. Ha. That's right. <laughs> God damn it. Sorry, I'm almost done being weird. Um, just kidding. That'll never happen. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're passing by the father's heart again. Still thinking about that dude, man. I hope somebody helped him. I feel so bad for that guy. Anyway, um, so yeah, my Thanksgiving was not traditional. I did have to work. I was surrounded by people that I love. I did get a plate of turkey. I'm very grateful. Today's not traditional either. I don't think my life will ever be traditional and I'm cool with it. Uh, I might actually actively work for that. But finally, I know you were waiting for this moment. It's happened. Kilowatt Thanksgiving Black Friday special extravaganza is finished. So what do you think? Did you guys like hanging out? Do you feel super connected now? You feel like... I'm a connected guy. Like, you just totally bonded with me the last two days. How do you feel? 
feel like this is a fucking podcast marathon and I just was committed. Anyway, I love you. I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. Bye.